Oh, today I hate, so I hate that Arthur loves being outside. Why? Because I'm really terrified, terrified. We've got a lot of like stray cats out here. Oh yeah. And I'm afraid that he's going to get in a fight with one and, or one of them's going to give him like FIV or that he's, I don't know, going to get the fucking cat coronavirus, whatever. And he was sitting on the fence and he stops and he looks down and he's like tensed like this. Yeah. And then I was like, what is he doing? So I like tiptoed over there and I looked between the fence and there's a cat down there. And it's looking up at him and then it looks over at me and then it looks up at him. And then he's like jumping on something so he can go down and like play with it. And it just bolts. But I can't see either one of them. I can't tell like... I don't hear any, like, fighting noises or anything like that, but yeah. I'm, like, trying to look over the fence, look through the fence, trying to figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, I just look over and I see Arthur just sitting there in the grass in the neighbor's yard, and I'm like, come Arthur, home. get your butt back in here. I was like, please come home. I don't like this. Yeah, I've had to get in the habit of every night yelling for both the cats that come in. Because Crystal has decided that she has reached, I guess, her sixth or seventh life. And (laughs) she is renewed in her interest of going outside. Well, it's summer. Or almost. Yeah, but last year she didn't go outside at all. Like, she was terrified. Yeah, right? Where are we today, Rachel? What are we doing? Who are we? Oh, yeah. Hi. 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 Yes, I'm Rachel. I'm Grace. This is Grace. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. We are Myths and Misfortunes. Yes, we're a paranormal and true crime podcast. And each week we pick somewhere in the world and base our stories on that place. And or surrounding areas. Like me this week. Oh, yeah. Well, This week we are... Well, <laughs> this one's kind of my fault because <laughs> I wrote down what you were going to do because I knew what you wanted to do. And, yeah. But then I put the place for mine. So technically you could have done either. I just went with yours and just made the history super short because you said yeah. how long yours was and I knew how long mine was. So, all right. This week we are in Westfield, New Jersey. Yeah. And my sources... There's cat hair. <laughs> I don't know that website. <laughs> My sources for the history are Wikipedia, tapinto.net, westfieldnewjerseyhistory.com, and westfieldtoday.com. Hmm. A lot of sources for three paragraphs. Yeah, I'd say so. <sighs> All right. More than 400 years ago, before the land was settled by Europeans, the area known today as Westfield was heavily wooded. 
and home to several different Native American tribes, including the Raritans, L- Lenny Lenapas. <coughs> I am so, so sorry for pronouncing that incorrectly, and the Unamis. According to a book written by Jane Book Solomon, the governor of New York, Richard Nichols, purchased the land west of Elizabethtown in the mid-17th century for two guns, two kettles, ten bars of lead, twenty handfuls of powder, and several hundred wampum beads, which we talked about this right, in yeah. one of the episodes. Gorgeous, by the way, guys, in case you haven't looked, up, looked them up. The natives believed that they were selling hunting rights to the colonists, but oh. it was a land transfer. That's shitty. It's super shitty, but it was not uncommon during that time. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's how America was made. Yep, and they're still doing shit like this today. Today. Yeah. So, the village of Westfield was established in 1720 and contained only a tavern and a general store, you know, other than the farms. Mm. It was then incorporated in 1794, having accumulated a Presbyterian church, 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 a blacksmith shop, and a schoolhouse. Today, Westfield is a town in Union County, New Jersey, and as of 2010, had a population of 30,316. And that is history. Good job. Short, sweet, to the point. Short, sweet, to the point. We know where we're at. We got this. Good, good. Okay. So. So, what is yours? I did not even look at our story. What is yours? (laughs) Mine is John List. List? Yes. You'll know Does it. Does he make lists? No. Oh, boo. What? In, uh, you have the perfect opportunity with that name. <laughs> uh, um, Just be a list maker. Come on. You'll know this one once I start doing it because... Oh, I'm sure. It's um, <laughs> very well known and very not great... But yeah, I was looking, as I was looking through some of the Westlake stuff, I was like, this seems like a, a good spot for, for West some Lake. of this. Westlake, Westfield. <laughs> I was like, where's Westlake? What are we doing? I was thinking Westlake Financial. <laughs> Not okay. bad. Okay. Car dealership brain. <laughs> okay. Um, my sources are Wikipedia. All that's interesting.com, medium.com, upi.com, murderpedia, and seattletimes.com. Woo! Murderpedia. Always murderpedia. Always. John Mill List was born September 17th, 1925, in Bay City, Michigan, to German American parents. In 1943, he enlisted in the Army and served in the infantry as a laboratory technician during World Mm -hmm. War II. After he was discharged in 1946, he got a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. If I had gone on for my bachelor's, that's what I would have done. (laughs) Um, 
when he graduated, he was commissioned as a second lieutenant through ROTC. Mm-hmm. Uh, where... Fuck. In November of 1950, List was recalled to active military because of the Korean War. Mm. Yeah. At Fort Eustis, Virginia, he met Helen Morris Taylor, who lived nearby with her daughter Brenda. Um... Helen had been recently widowed because her husband had been killed in action in Korea. Oh, no. Yeah. But they fell in love and they married in 1951 in Baltimore, Maryland. And okay. they moved to Northern California. The uh, army had reassigned him to the finance corps since he had a master's in accounting. After his We are second- all over the states, by the way. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Okay. After his second tour in 1952, List worked for an accounting firm in Detroit, then an audit supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo, where his three children were born. Kalamazoo, the kazoo. (laughs) The kazoo. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, After Brenda, Helen's daughter, uh, got married and moved out in 1960, the family moved again to Rochester, New York, so List could take a job with Xerox. And again, in 1965, when he was offered a position as vice president and comptroller at a bank in New- in Jersey City, New Jersey. All right. So, yeah, all over the who, place. Who knew accounting could take you all over the U.S.? Right? <laughs> so, they moved into a 19-room Victorian mansion Jesus. in Westfield, New Jersey, despite Before. the fact that they couldn't really afford it. Why? Why did they move into a 19 room? It, I mean, do they have more children? Because his wife other than wanted Brenda? it. Yep. Okay. You know, happy wife, happy life. I get it. But <laughs> um, future husband, do not let me get a 19 room house. <laughs> unless you can afford it. Unless we can afford it. And then absolutely. And I'm going to move my best friend in. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, John... Um, List and his mother, Alma, were fairly close, and she moved into the apartment on the third floor of the mansion. Okay. This place was nice. It had, like, marble fireplaces, and it had its own ballroom. Mm Mm-hmm. Who has a ballroom? They had a billiards room as well. Alrighty. Yeah. So, he had so many jobs in all those different places, because, um, it's... It said his personality was rough. Is that an understatement? Like, he kept getting... uh, On some sources it said he kept getting fired because of clashing personalities. So, Um, uh, I couldn't find anything super specific about it, though, so I don't know. That's a nice way of saying that he's a dick. Yeah. Um... So the family attended church every Sunday as devout Lutherans, like his parents raised him, and like his father, List taught Sunday school. They seemed like a happy family from a distance, but like a lot of other families. <laughs> Not so happy up close? Yeah, they definitely had their issues. Um, List lost his job again. Oh my god. Now yeah. they really can't afford that 19-room Victorian. No. He basically started, like, hemorrhaging money. He was so deeply in debt, and he was so embarrassed and ashamed that he didn't tell his family. Oh, Jesus. And he would get up for work every day and pretend that he was going in. 
Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? He wow. would go to the train station, uh, ride a train a few stops, get off, and then return on a different train. And he would also just sit there, read the paper, take naps, and think about how he was going to take himself out of the situation. By getting another job? I don't know. Eventually, he found another much lower paying job, which he mm-hmm. also lost, and then another, and another. Uh, he couldn't make up enough money to pay for the house and the expenses that came with the lifestyle that he had chosen. He even began skimming money from his mother's accounts to vo- avoid no. defaulting on his mortgage. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. By 1971, he was bankrupt. Yeah, at this point... Saw that coming. Jesus. Yeah, at this point he started to spiral a bit because he believed that poverty was a sin. What? Yeah. Bro, which book is he reading? I don't even know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, List was becoming increasingly afraid for his family. He felt that the 1970s were a sinful time and that his family is beginning to succumb to temptation. Oh, my. Yeah, especially really? his 16-year-old daughter Patricia who expressed who expressed interest in acting. Ooh, yeah. So 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 sinful acting. Like she was in the drama <laughs> club, give her a break. But List viewed acting as a profession, like the whole profession. He viewed it as being corrupt and linked to satan so did he not enjoy films i guess not uh, yeah but there were there were even rumors that she'd begun like smoking pot <laughs> and that she was interested in witchcraft which is obviously a big no-no in that family so he okay. was like uh no uh, no <laughs> and then there was helen Poor Helen. Oh, God, Helen. So, his wife, Helen, had stopped going to church, which was a big deal to John because he was so, like, devoutly religious. And Mm -hmm. it really hurt him that she wouldn't go to church with him. Thing is, Helen's health was really deteriorating because she had a drinking problem. Oh. And she it had been going on for years, and I think it was caused by... The fact that she was hiding a really big secret from him. What was the secret? She had advanced syphilis. Oh! she got from her former husband. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. Did, did that not transfer? No, because, um, once it's advanced enough it doesn't transfer on to any children you have or anyone you have sex with okay so when he found that out um full downward spiral jesus christ and that brings us to november 9th 1971 okay uh List woke up that morning and left a note on the porch for the milkman canceling their deliveries. He saw... (laughs) I'm sorry. For the milkman. (laughs) Yeah. He saw his children off to school and when they left, he went into the kitchen where Helen was drinking her coffee and shot her in the back of the head. No. Yeah. He placed her body on a sleeping bag and then dragged her to the ballroom. 
He then went upstairs to the third floor apartment where his mother lived. When he walked in, she was making herself breakfast and he gave her a kiss uh, on the cheek and she asked about the noise she heard downstairs. He gave a sort of like vague non-answer and then he shot her in the head right above her left eye. There's something really wrong with this guy. Yeah, yeah. He realized that her Um, body was too heavy to move all the way downstairs. So he left her in the attic. Mm. Some sources said that he put her on a carpet runner and put her in the nearby closet. But others said that he just left her there with a towel over her face. That's Either way, shit. Yeah. Um, List then drove to the post office to stop any incoming mail from arriving. And then he drove to the bank and cashed all of his mother's savings bonds and then closed all of their bank accounts. When he arrived home, he wrote letters and he made phone calls to his kids' teachers and other people, explaining that the family was leaving town to visit his wife's sick mother and that he would be following after them soon. Uh, She really was sick, so um, I guess that wouldn't seem too odd to people, but um, yeah. He also canceled the newspaper deliveries. And the kids are still in school this time? Yes. Then he made himself lunch and ate it at the fucking table where he just killed his wife. He was Psychopath. like, I don't know, I was hungry. What, what else was I going to do? Psychopath. Oh, it's like that one story of the guy who was just eating a cookie watching the guy bleed out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Psychopath. Obviously, he was going to kill his children. Obviously. Um, it was just... Like, it's obvious at this point. He just couldn't figure out how to do it because he didn't think he could kill them all at once uh, on the off chance that, like, one tried to run or if um, they tried to overpower him or something. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his daughter Patricia, the 16-year-old, uh, called home because she wasn't feeling well. So he picked her up from school and brought her home. No, yeah. Patricia! Yeah. And as soon as she entered the house, he shot her in the back of the head. No! Patricia dragged her body to the ballroom and put her in a sleeping bag next to her mother. Uh, List picked up one of his sons, 13-year-old Fred, from an after-school job, and List brought him home and shot him the same as the others and dragged his body to the ballroom and, you know, same as everybody else. John Jr., he was 15, had a soccer game after school, so Liz drove to the field and watched him play, like, cheered him on, mm-hmm. and then drove him home, and, um... He did the good father thing until he decided to be a really bad father. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they arrived home, as soon as John Jr. set foot in the kitchen, Liz shot him, but unlike the others, John Jr. was able to fight back. Good for John Jr. How, how long did it last? Not very long. Um, oh. List shot him nine more times. Jesus Christ. Um, and then dragged him to the ballroom with the rest of his family. And then he said a prayer above their bodies. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, d- d- does he realize that this goes against his whole... Christian oh, my dude, thing going my dude, on. Just wait for it. Okay. I can't even. 
list, cleaned up the blood as best he could, and then he sat down at the table and ate dinner. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the most terrifying fart. Fart. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. What are we, a bunch of ten- teenage boys? Oh my fart god. Mix I think this is the most terrifying part. <laughs> when he was done, he washed his dishes, put them in the drainer, and then went to bed psychopath yeah he said that it was one of the best night's sleep he had had in years yeah when he got up the next morning he turned down the air conditioning to preserve the bodies turned on sorry what just he turned on the air conditioning to preserve the bodies yeah he like turned it all the way down the way yeah um He turned on every light in the house and turned the radio on to his favorite Christian classical music station in the hopes that potential burglars would think people were home. Um, okay. Yeah. Which, isn't it kind of weird to, like, turn on all of your lights if you're telling, and and turn on music if you're telling everyone that you're going out of? He did say that he was leaving after they were. Like, a few days after. I just... But leaving on all your lights and then leaving on the radio, that would fuck up your electric bill if you were just a normal person. Anyway. And if you're already scraping together all of your mother's um, cash bonds, yeah. Right. So, then he wrote a five-page confession letter to his pastor. Mm -hmm. He explained what he did and why. He wrote that his life was in shambles and that he didn't want his family to suffer the truth of how badly things had gotten. He also felt that when faced with poverty and a world of evil, his family would turn away from God. And he believed... (sighs) He believed killing them was the only way to ensure that they made it to heaven. What about your soul, Jack? Look. Look. (laughs) I'll get into it. Okay. Oh my god. I'll get into it. Mm-hmm. I, the very last thing he did was search out every single family picture in the house and cut his image out of it. Why? So that in the event that somebody did eventually find them, they would never be able to identify him. Dude, your, pr- your fingerprints are all over the house and probably on the mortgage payment. Mm. It'll, it'll come up. It'll come up. Okay. Uh, and then he walked out the door, locking it behind him. Weeks passed. And weeks. Weeks. Weeks passed, and the neighbors started to notice that something wasn't right. The lights were on all day and night, and slowly light bulbs started burning out. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. The List family wasn't super... Like, they weren't really outgoing. They they mostly kept to themselves, so it took nearly a month before anyone started to really look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not good. That... Patricia's drama teacher was really concerned about her. He said that her father seemed kind of off and that Patricia had actually confided in him that she was worried that he was going to kill the whole family. Oh my god. Yes. I don't know if she told him this part or not, but one night 
he apparently asked them what they would all want done with their bodies if they ever died. To be fair, me and my parents have talked about that. Sure, but when did you talk about it? Did you talk about it when you were 13? No. There you go. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) That's it. Um, And, like, do you really think people wouldn't notice that that's an odd question? I don't... Yeah. uh, Like, unless, unless you've got something that, like is the reason that question is happening. Like, but a death no, it's just, like, out of or... nowhere. They were just having dinner one night, and he was just like, so, hey, like, and, hey. I, and I definitely doubt it's what he did. I, I, yeah. you know, there's no way that any of them said, oh, you know, I like to be shot in the back of the head and then, like, put in a sleeping bag and put in the ballroom. That sounds mm-hmm. pretty chill. Nobody says that. <laughs> That sounds pretty chill. Nobody says that. (laughs) So, okay. Here's the thing. I read two different accounts of how this part played out. Um, In one, the drama teacher drove by the house, but, like, because he was concerned. But seeing that the lights were on and everything looked normal, he drove home. No. And then eventually when the lights burned out, a concerned neighbor called the police I hope they saw the flickering of the light burning out to give that um, in extra special something's wrong here. Well, but in the other account, I read that the drama teacher convinced another teacher to go with him to the list home to check it out. And he seeing strange people walking around in the house and like peering in the windows in the dark. Some of the neighbors called police. Oh, so. okay. I was going to say someone was walking around <laughs> in the house. They very quickly turned into ghosts. It was the drama teacher. <laughs> um, either way, December 7th, about a month later, uh, officers George... Mm, Z- <laughs> George... Mm, Zelaznik and Charles Holler were the first to arrive. The officers knocked and looked through the windows, but they couldn't find anything out of place. At the neighbor's urging, or the drama teacher, still not sure, they found Mm -hmm. an unlocked window leading to the basement, and they climbed through. The house was almost entirely dark, except for a single light upstairs. The house was also freezing cold, and there was eerie music playing that sounded like funeral music playing throughout the house. They eventually made their way into the ballroom, and as soon as they stepped foot in there... They smelled the decomposition. Like, can you imagine a month's yeah. worth worth of decomposition? Ooh, yeah. And then when they step in the attic, oof. So, inside they found the bodies of Helen, Patricia, Fred, and John Jr. They searched the rest of the house, finding the confession letter, and in it, List wrote, "Mother is in the attic. She was too heavy to move." <laughs> that is so. Mm. Like, you have this great relationship with your mom, and you're just like... She's just too fat for me to move her down the stairs. Sorry, Mom. uh, That's that's awful. It's horrible. And then, so, obviously, they found the mother. They immediately put out a nationwide APB for list. They found his car parked at John F. Kennedy Airport, but there was no record of him ever taking a flight. Mm-hmm. And that was the last that they heard of John List. 
No. What happens next? The house burnt, actually burned down in August of 1972, and no one has ever been arrested for it. Like, it was arson, but they haven't found who did it. Okay. Um, destroyed along with the home was the ballroom's stained glass skylight, which was rumored to be a signed Tiffany original, which was worth at least $100,000 at the time. Is this that story you wanted to talk about? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... And in today's money, that skylight would have been worth $625,000, which crap. in all likelihood would have helped him out a lot with his debt. Yeah. And he had no yeah. idea. Um, a new house was built there in 1974. So <sighs> we're skipping forward to 1989. At this point, the case is super old. It's been 18 years since they've heard anything about John List. But yeah. prosecutors are like, you know what? Let's do something different. Let's put the story on America's Most Wanted. Good idea. Yes. The show was fairly new, but it was still getting really popular and had led to multiple tips and arrests previously, and they were hoping it would work for them. Yeah. So they aired the story of May that year, and they had an expert forensic artist named Frank Bender sculpt an age-progressed clay bust of John List. Yeah. I need water. <laughs> How'd they do it if they didn't have any pictures? That's what you're, that's what yeah. you're wondering, right? Yeah. The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he looks like this, but we're not <clears throat> sure why I'm thinking or how we that know it had it. to do with um, either DMV or military records. Okay, that's the only thing I can think of, but I couldn't find a definitive answer. So I feel like probably military because if he's gone missing, they probably went into his past, and military keeps their records. Right. I feel like DMV probably gets rid of it after a few years. Apparently, that bust was so close to the real thing. Like, so close, like, extremely, extremely good close. that yeah. List ended up in custody two weeks later in the June of 1989. That is awesome. So, where did he go? Where has he been? Yes, please do. Please say. <laughs> he left his car at the airport, right? But he yeah. never took a plane anywhere. Instead, he took a bus into the city then took a train from New Jersey to Michigan and then to Colorado and settled in Denver in 1972. From there, he... Really? Yeah. I told you, he's used to being all over the place. Yeah. So, he applied for a social security card under the name of Robert Peter Clark, and he got a job as a short order cook and started his new life. Oh, cool. Yeah. He eventually took an accounting job, and then from 1979 to 1986, he was the controller at a paper box manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Manufacturer. Outside of Denver. He joined a Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in... Oh, God, where did I... For shut-in church members. Um, okay. So... Pillar of the community. Oh boy, those you know community what, pillars. You, you know about them. Yep. At one okay. religious gathering, um, he met Dolores Miller and married her in 1985. Jerk. 
In February of 1988, the couple moved to Midlothian, Virginia, where List, still using the name Bob Clark, resumed work as an accountant. Turns out that a Denver neighbor recognized him once um, America's Most Wanted aired and alerted authorities. Thank you, neighbor. Like a good neighbor. State Farm's there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, thank you, State Farm. (laughs) So, after his arrest, List absolutely refused to admit his true identity. Yep. Really? Yeah, even after he was extradited back to New Jersey, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. My name's Bob. (laughs) My name is Bob. He... And eventually they were like, dude, we have your fingerprints. We have the fingerprints from when you were in the army. It's a match. Give up. We have your fingerprints. We have your dental records. Look. You look just like this. Like, (laughs) give up. And so he eventually confessed um, on February 16th, 1990. He said that he was ashamed of how bad the situation had become and he didn't want his family to suffer. So, he saw their deaths as the only way out. Sure. He said that he didn't want to wait any longer, that he'd seen a lot of sin in the world, and knew that now is the time. And that if he killed them, um, they would make it to heaven for sure. He said that... He said that he originally planned on killing himself, but that it's like a sin... And he wouldn't get into heaven. I'm so oh, mad. Oh. Like, and but killing murder your family? isn't... Like... Uh, yeah. I was gonna say, I guess killing your family technically isn't a f- sin because of Cain and Abel. He's like, God will forgive me for killing my family, but God forget- forbid I kill myself, because that would be wrong. <laughs> That's so wrong. The Jesus. judge was not having it. No, not at all. And he was like, John List is without remorse and without honor. And he imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, which was the maximum penalty at the time. Yeah. To be fair. If he lives past that. (laughs) I don't think he would. Yeah. List filed an appeal of his convictions on grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service. He also argued Mm. that the letter he left behind at the crime scene, essentially his confession, was a confidential communication to his pastor and therefore inadmissible as evidence. Um, Federal courts appealed, uh, federal appeals court rejected both arguments. Yeah. List eventually expressed the tiniest bit of remorse, the tiniest fucking bit of remorse. Yeah. Saying, I wish I had never done what I did, and I've regretted my action and prayed for forgiveness ever since. Are you sure? <sighs> Which, let me tell you, you don't why. don't sound like it. Let me tell you why I have an issue with what he said, because it's all about yeah. him. Like, I regret yeah. and I wish, like... Male family annihilators feel that as the head of the family, they have control over the lives of the other members. Mm-hmm. And they see them as a sort of, like, extension of themselves. Yeah. And killing them as their way of reasserting the control they feel that they have lost over the family. <laughs> Everything is about them. 
Yeah. Selfish people. Yeah, so I don't believe that he felt guilty about killing them. I think that he felt trapped and he wanted out, but he didn't want to give up that control. He felt guilty because he got caught. Exactly. And he didn't want to give up that control, so he couldn't just leave them. And he had Mm -hmm. to make sure that their fates were, like, controlled by him. Mm -hmm. Which is just gross. He should have just left them. He should have not been such a fucking... Mm. (laughs) <laughs> that too. Yeah. Anyway, List died of complications from pneumonia at age 82 on March 21st, 2008, while in prison hmm. uh, custody at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. Before he died, he said that he was excited. Mm. He said I he was. Don't believe him for a minute. He said he was excited to reunite with his family in heaven. Not going to get Don't there. Don't believe it for a minute. He hoped that he would forgive him. Not going to. Nope. Or better yet, which is the most disgusting part, that they wouldn't, that they just wouldn't remember. Nope. You best believe they're going to remember. They will remember every detail. Um, piece of shit. Like the fact that you gave your mother <clears throat> a kiss on the cheek before you shot her. I, oof. I'm, I just don't In like this face. guy. I don't like this guy. I mean, I don't like any murderer, but I... You specifically don't like this guy. His body wasn't immediately claimed, although he was later buried next to his mother in Frankenmuth, Virginia. Uh, not Virginia. Why did I say Virginia? Michigan. Michigan. Which makes me... I, keep, I kept on wanting to say Michigan. Um, but it makes me really angry that people who... Um, that victims can be buried next to their killers. Yeah. That's um, that's not right. I don't like that. But uh No, that's that's my story. And honest, honestly, I'm sure his mother would have wanted that before before he sure. Sure before, but after like mm, that ain't my son. Goodbye. Yep. Yep. All right. Um I can't with your story. So, um, I just... Bad dad I just all don't around. like him. I just don't like him. No. I feel like he's a very selfish person. Makes me angry. Very selfish. Very selfish, yeah. Okay, so my story will hopefully be, um, slightly less... Anger-inducing? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Just... See, I can't even find my words. It's just less. <laughs> I hope my story is just less. I told you, that's why okay. I wanted to do it, because it's like... Very anger-inducing. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure, sure. I looked up a lot about, like, family annihilators and stuff, and it f- I felt like he f- fit, like, every fucking criteria every, there yeah. was. I... Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's get off of it. Go to 100%. you. Your story. Okay. My story. My story, hopefully, will be less than that. Yes. And it is... Roughly one and a half hours away from Westfield, New Jersey, mm-hmm. which doesn't matter because they apparently lived all over the U.S. <laughs> and I'm sure that Westfield has, you know, a lot of paranormal stuff going on, but I really, really wanted to do my research and Grace knew it and that's why yeah. she combined them. Um, my story this week is the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Also known as the Leeds Devil. Mm-hmm. 
and my sources are... Why do I think you were doing the Flatwoods Monster for half a second? That's a couple states down. I know. <laughs> I was like... My sources... Go. Sorry. Go. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. I knew you were doing this one. I don't know why I thought another one for a second. You were hoping for the Flatwoods Monster. No, I think I was just thinking of that picture of the Flatwoods Monster that you have. Oh, you mean that one? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's why. It's right there yeah. behind me. Yeah. Okay. My sources are. My sources are. Because yes. I don't know what I just said. Scorses. <laughs> Scorses. Wikipedia. Weirdnewjersey.com. History.com. Skepticalinquirer.org. I really liked that one. Skeptical Inquirer? Uh-huh. LiveScience.com, TheGuardian.com, Loke.gov, <laughs> Cryptids.Fandom.com, AncientOrigins.net, Thrillist.com, AllThat'sInteresting.com, Vice.com, TheWeek.com, NewYorkTimes.com, ParanormalLoveToKnow.com, Shadowlands.net, and ABCNews.Go.com. I zoned out. There were so many. <laughs> a lot of sources. Yeah. And I'm actually going to have to get on the laptop and show you one of these sources here towards the end. Okay. So, the New Jersey... The, Are you going to share your screen? <laughs> yes, I am going to share cool. my screen. Okay. The Jersey Devil is described as being a flying biped with hooves. <laughs> that is very that. specific. So very specific. Pacific. Pacific. <laughs> That's okay. Earlier um, I was going to say scorses. Is that a scourge <laughs> of horses? A scourge yes. of horses? <laughs> it's a scourge of horses. Yes. The most common description is that it is similar to a kangaroo who has bat wings, a goat or a horse head, okay, horns, clawed hands, and legs with cloven hooves, and a forked reptile tail. It is said to move quickly and is often said to have a high-pitched, blood-curdling scream. Okay. And one source said that it can breathe fire. Sweet. Yeah. So, how does such a creature exist? Let's find out. It's a tulpa. It's a tulpa. As legend goes, a young girl from New Jersey was cursed by a gypsy or alt. Alternatively, she was cursed by the townsfolk after she fell in love with a British soldier. Hmm. She began to be known as Mother Leeds in the town of Pine Barrens and proceeded to have 12 children. That, Thus, Mother Leeds makes a little sense. That's a lot. Yes, that's literally my next line. That was a lot of children even then. In 1735, she discovered that she was pregnant with their 13th child. No. As many of us might be, she was super frustrated and cursed her unborn child, claiming that it would be the devil. What a dick. Right? Apparently, one version of the story claims that Mother Leeds was a witch and that the devil himself was the father of the unborn child. The night that she went into labor, I'm it is sorry. said to have been... I just real quick. I don't think yeah. Gypsy is PC. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's not PC, but that it's what my source said. And 
there really wasn't any other details. It just said a gypsy and the town folk. Okay. So, I could just say cursed. She was just cursed. We'll just say she was cursed. Whichever one you want. Yeah. Um, apparently, in one version of the story, Mother Leeds was a witch, and the devil himself was the father of her unborn child. Kinky. The night that she... Yeah, kinky. <laughs> the night that she went into labor, it is said to have been storming like crazy outside. Her 12 children and her husband were in one rood of the family's lead point home, eagerly awaiting their newest family member, while local midwives were gathered in another room in order to deliver the baby. Apparently, the birth went very normal, and a healthy baby boy was delivered into the world. Okay, so the baby was born. The bouncing baby boy was born. However, within minutes of his birth, the baby started to change right before the midwife's eyes. Mm. Screeching and wailing, the baby began growing at an unnatural rate. That's never good. Mm Mm-mm. Within minutes, you know, super, super unnatural. It then sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-like claws ripped through its fingers. Oh, wow. I was going to say it sounded like Twilight before, but now that's no Twilight. (laughs) Yeah. Leathery bat-like wings emerged from its back as hair and feathers began to grow all over the infant's body. Wow. His eyes then glowed red and he began attacking his own mother, killing her before turning on the midwives in the room. Oh, damn. He viciously clawed and bit the poor woman, shrieking the entire time. It tore them to bits, seriously injuring some and killing others. He then knocked down the door to the room the rest of the family was in, attacking and killing as many of them as he could. Those who survived the attack then watched as their little brother slash little monster flew up the chimney, destroying it as he went. I love the way you say chimney. 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 Uh, the creature then escaped into the darkness, isolating itself in the Pine Barrens near Leeds Point, leading to the creature being called the Leeds Devil, also because of the name. Mm-hmm. According to this particular legend, it was determined that Mother Leeds was actually Deborah Leeds, Ooh. and this was because her husband, Jafet Leeds? Jafet? 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 Something leads. J A P H E T. Maybe that yeah. is Jafet. Jafet. Jafet leads named 12 children in his 1736 will. So, hmm. what was that? The year before the baby? You said how many? 12. Yeah. 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 Because um, she discovered that she was pregnant in 1735, mm-hmm. so if he'd created the will super early enough. Yeah. Yeah. Another legend is that a Mrs. Shrouds of Lead Point had made a wish that if she were to ever have another child, she wanted it to be a devil. Why would you wish that? Kids are fucking hard. I don't Why know. do you want that? I don't know. Or devil self-sufficient? Right. Maybe. Maybe. Like, Please, Who knows? devil, give we me are... a devil baby so I don't have to deal with it. We are not going to find out. Oh. 
Her next child was born misshapen and deformed. Oh, poor baby. She kept the child hidden away in the house, sheltered so that the overly curious couldn't see him. Aww. On a stormy night, the child flapped its arms and then turned to wings, and he escaped out of the chimney and was never seen by the family again. Chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love the way you What do you want me to say? Chimney? So his arms just turned into wings? His arms just turned into wings. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. However, according to historians, the reason for the Leeds Devil is not because of the birth of a 13th child or because the mother cursed the child, but rather a religio-political view. Mm-hmm. When the area was originally settled... And this is the longest story. I'm so sorry. Ah, I love it. Go for it. When the area was originally settled in the 1620s, the settlers who came over were predominantly English Quakers. The first royal governor of New Jersey was a man named Edward. I was going to say Clyde. (laughs) It's not Clyde. It's Hyde. Hyde. Edward Hyde. Lorne Cornbury. Cornbury. He is apparently remembered as one of the most vilified and hated governors of colonial America. Mm, that's lovely. When Lord... Yes, right. And with a name like Lord Cornbury. <laughs> <laughs> when he received his orders to take charge of New Jersey in 1702, he was given a document that included a list of his counselors, one of whom was a man named Daniel Leeds. Hmm. Leeds was apparently a devout Quaker, and he was married four times. Damn. His first wife died while he was still living in England. Okay. His second dying during childbirth. Sadly, his daughter also passed away. His third wife passed away as well, but not before giving him eight children. Damn. He then married a woman named Jane Abbott Smout. Smout? Smout. S-M-O-U-T. All right. Smout. All right. Daniel Leeds began publishing an almanac in 1687. Leeds took a different approach with the almanac than we tend to do today. Okay. He incorporated astrological data that many of his readers did not appreciate. (sighs) Rude. Several members. Right. I'd be so psyched to have astrological data in an almanac. Let me know. Like, sh- When's the best we planting need- time for a Virgo? I don't know. All right. No, it's a joke. Dude, we need, we need to know when Mercury's in retrograde so our plants don't go crazy. Exactly. Yes. Several members of the Quaker meeting complained that Leeds used inappropriate language and astrological symbols and names that were too pagan. (laughs) They also did not like the notion of predicting the movement of the heavens. mm. Heavens. Okay. Okay. Daniel went to the next meeting prepared to apologize publicly. However, to his surprise, the members of the Quaker meeting ordered that all copies of Leeds Almanac that weren't in circulation to be collected and destroyed. 
Wow. It was at this point that Daniel Leeds determined he would break away from the Quakers. Uh-huh. Get your pagan Rightfully on. Rightfully so. Yeah. Needing to get his ideas out and with a growing resentment towards his fellow Quakers, Leeds put a book together called The Temple of Wisdom. Interesting. He paraphrased and even outright copied several large sections from other authors in order to put together a personal cosmology. Of course. There were several sections, including angels, natural magic, astrology, and the behavior of the devils. (laughs) Okay. This would show him as a kind of Christian occultist. Right. When, in reality, he supposedly used astrology to gain a deeper insight into the working of God and the meaning of Christianity. Mm. Okay. His readers, however, would not have known or viewed it that way and saw him as more of an occultist than a Christian. Mm. The Quakers immediately suppressed the book. As they do. As they do. Leeds, who was super invested in local politics, frequently leaned towards royal authority and claimed that the Quakers were against the government of England. (laughs) And he actually advised Lord Cornbury not to swear in several members who were elected in. Oh, dang. So this has gone pettiness. Yeah. (laughs) Pettiness. They don't like my book. They don't like my book, so we're not going to allow them into the stuff. <laughs> uh, in case you ever think we know what we're talking about, we don't. We're, n- <laughs> we're not letting him into the political circle. You can't um, sit here. Gosh, no. Okay, where am I? <laughs> uh, okay. Leeds was then seen by the Quakers as a turncoat. Ooh. He was no longer a Quaker. Leeds began a series of anti-Quaker pamphlets. Get him. At which point, yeah, at which point he was accused by one meeting of Quakers as being evil. He was evil. Hmm. Daniel Leeds continued to publish his almanac and anti-Quaker pamphlets until his retirement in 1716, in which he turned the business over to his son, Titan Leeds. Titan? That's... Tight. Tight. <laughs> yes. In 1728, Titan redesized, redesized. Hmm. Yeah. Titan redesigned the masthead to include the Leeds family crest, hmm. which is super cool, by the way. Oh, yeah. It depicts three dragon-like creatures that are, you got to help me with this word, wyverns? Ooh. Waverns? Um, wyverns? Wyverns, yes. It showed three wyverns, which many people later said the Jersey Devil looked like. Oh, you know what? Yeah, now that I think about it, that is extremely close. Yep. Titan then found himself in a kind of almanac war with the not-yet-founding father, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, of course. (sighs) In order to boost his sales, Franklin apparently went after his established rival Uh, and used astrological techniques in order to predict Titan's death later that year. Oh, what? 
he did not die that year. Oh. I just want to let you know, he did not die. How cool would that have been, though? Not that year. That would have been so cool. But, obviously, the, the, this pissed off type. Yeah. I'd be like, like, this pissed him why off. Why are you saying I'm gonna um, die? Yeah, and Benjamin Franklin was taking this, you know, the whole feud, everything. Mm. It was lighthearted. It was funny. He was, he was enjoying being a dick. And Titan, no, no, he's like this is off. This is real. This, this is, this is real. This is serious business. This is the almanac business. You're just kidding. <laughs> you don't deserve this. <laughs> yes, Titan retaliated in the Leeds almanac, saying that Franklin manifest himself a fool and a liar. Ooh. Liar spelled with a Y. Noise. Super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Franklin's response going on with this joking matter. Um, he claimed that Titan was too well-bred to say such things and that the person saying these things must be a creature from the spirit world. Oh. He even went on to say that he experienced a lot of abuse from Titan's spirit. Oh, dang. Even after Titan's death in 1738, Franklin continued this rouse, making fun of Titan's spirit and He everything. went after him even after he was dead? Even after that's, he was dead. That's like, fucked. Of all the things I never knew about our fam- founding fathers, just... <laughs> They were, wow. Okay. The leads being political and religious monsters, along with the family crest of the Wyverns, Mm -hmm. Wyverns, and Titan's death at the same time give reasons to believe that the Leeds devil or the Jersey devil was born from that religio-political feud. Yeah. Especially considering their crest. So, and I already said, I'm so sorry. people think, like... That they summoned it or that it happened because of them, basically? People think that it happened because of them, but also they were frequently joking about about the fact that Titan was the Leeds devil. Right. Okay. Okay, gotcha. So, and once he became a ghost, uh, he he was really the Leeds devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, now that we've got the facts and the legends, um, some sightings. Yes, got a page and a half worth of sightings. Love it. two pages. And there were so many I did not include. Aw. But I was done. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's totally fair. Around the 1800s, stories of the Jersey Devil only grew. Okay, I heard that as... Did you hear right? I heard that as of the 1800 sightings. <laughs> um, yes, 1800 sightings. It actually probably is close to that. So. <laughs> okay. At one point in the early 19th century, a naval hero named Commodore Stephen Decatur was testing cannonballs on a firing range. Mm. He then saw a strange creature flying across the field and decided to use it as target practice. Rude. Um, He fired and hit the creature, but it just kept right on flying. It's like, ugh. It's like, what is this? It's like me when I'm walking and a fly flies (laughs) by me. I'm like, move. Move. Out the way. 
The creature even showed itself to Joseph Bonaparte. Really? The elder brother of Napoleon. Okay. Yeah. One afternoon around 1820, Joseph was hunting alone near the woods of his estate when he saw strange tracks on the ground. It appeared to be, his words, it appeared to be tracks of a two-footed donkey. Okay. And he noticed that one print was larger than the other and that the tracks ended abruptly as if the creature flew away. Ah, yes. While staring at the tracks, trying to figure out what the heck kind of animal it was, he heard a strange hissing noise from behind him. When he turned around, he found himself face to face with a large winged creature with a horse-like head and bird-like legs. Fun. I'm going to pause for a second because as I was writing it, it didn't register. He's got bird legs and a horse head. He's got to be really top-heavy. Unless they were very large bird legs. Valid. They were big big bird Ah, legs. It was an emu. Yeah. It was an emu. It was an emu with a fat head. Why do we have so many Australian animals in New Jersey? (laughs) Kangaroos, emus, this is not right. Why was Napoleon's brother in New Jersey? Um, he has an estate there. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was frozen and apparently forgot that he had a rifle with him. So he and the creature stared each other down. It then hissed at him and flew away. Sure. Like, dude, you got a gun. Between 1840 and 1894... Many chickens and sheep were supposedly killed and carried off by the creature with a, with a piercing scream. (laughs) 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 Probably exactly what it said. I'm gonna eat tonight. Um, (laughs) It would also even carry off anything that moved, which is a little concerning. And in 1909, there were a slew of sightings that were reported in newspapers between January 16th and January 27th, 27th, 23rd, 23rd, (laughs) (laughs) literally hundreds of reports Dang. of, yeah, the Jersey Devil. On January 16th, 1909, Thack of Woodbury, New Jersey, saw a creature with glowing red eyes flying down the street. Mm. Then in Bristol, Pennsylvania, okay. he's crossing state line yeah. lines. State lines now. What if Mothman is crossing state lines? Hold on. Oh, okay. Um, John McCowan? I think I spelled that wrong, but it is McCowan. John McCowan heard and saw a weird creature on the banks of the canal. James Sackville, who was a patrolman, fired at the creature mm-hmm. as it flew away screaming. <laughs> I love that it flies away screaming. That's the best. <laughs> Help me! Leave me alone! I'm trying to live <laughs> my life! I'm just trying to eat! 
Just let the me postmaster. take your little children. Okay, sorry. People were afraid of that. I'm not surprised. <laughs> People were terrified of that. Um, the postmaster of Bristol, Pennsylvania, also saw a creature similar to a bird, but with a horse's head. Of course. It again flew away with a scream. <laughs> And when daylight came, residents found hoof prints in the snow. The following day in Burlington, New Jersey, he's flown back to his homeland. Okay. Hoof prints were found in the residents' yards and around their trash cans. Oh, getting some snacks. Which, yeah, the trash was half eaten. Nearly every yard in Burlington, New Jersey, had these hoof prints in them. Oh, dang. They went up trees, they crossed from roof to roof, and disappeared in the middle of roads and open fields. I was going to say, that would be a fun prank, but it would be very hard to do people's roofs. Very hard. Yeah. Roofs. A hunt was organized to follow the tracks. However, the dogs would not follow them. Hmm. At 2.30 a.m. on the 19th of January, a Mr. and Mrs. Nelson Evans of Gloucester, I hope that's correct, were awakened by a weird noise. Upon looking out the window, they saw an equally weird creature. Hmm. According to the Evans, it was about three feet and a half high with a head like a collie dog and a face like a horse. It had a long neck, wings about two feet long, and its back legs were like those of a crane. And it had horse's hooves. Okay. It walked on its back legs and held up two short front legs with paws on them. It didn't use the front legs at all while they were watching. And this guy literally says, my wife and I were scared, I tell you, but I managed to open the window and say, shoo. <laughs> and it turned around and barked at me and flew away. I think that that guy was just really high and didn't know what a dog was. <laughs> the dogs fly now. <laughs> hey, you, I don't, you don't know what he was on. True. In one report, a woman heard a commotion in her backyard. Upon opening the door, she saw the creature standing there with a dog, with her dog in its grasp. She started hitting the creature with a broom until it let go of her dog and flew away. I mean, same. Thankfully, dog, yeah. Well, I don't want to say thankfully dog is okay. The article didn't say, Mm. but hopefully dog is okay. Hopefully dog is okay. Hopefully dog is okay. Um... And at this point, schools were closed because no students were coming in. Parents and the kids themselves were completely terrified of of this unknown creature. And mills and factories were closed for the exact same reason. Really? Yes. Okay. Everything was closed. When was this? 1909. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, 1909. Sightings have continued to this day. A man by the name of David Black had driven past a golf course in October of 2015 Mm. when he thought he saw a llama. (laughs) 
Okay. Obviously. Okay. (laughs) This is not a normal thing to see in a golf course. The creature was apparently running through the trees when it suddenly spread leathery wings and was airborne. That sounds like a cute llama. The super cute llama. I am. This is what I was going to show you the picture of, but it's actually a video. He caught a picture of it flying over the course. It looks like a taxidermied goat. Really? With ch- yeah, with bat wings from a children's costume Ooh. glued to it. Nice. Like here, I'm gonna show it to you okay. real fast. Can you hear it? No. No. Okay, you don't need to hear it. But that's the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the goat. Um. That's the Jersey Devil. Mm. You see what I mean? Taxidermied. Go back. Pause it. Come on. Why does that look like... Okay, why did that uh, drawing right there... Why does that look like... um, Cusco. (laughs) He did say it looked like a llama. (laughs) Yeah, can you go back to the... um, Uh, Yeah. So... That's definitely not a llama. Nope, not a llama. I see. It's a goat. It's definitely a goat. Yep. Its legs are far too stiff. Yep. And I'm going to keep going. Okay. Because someone caught a video of it. Okay. So just keep watching. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. No. Yeah, and that was only nine miles away from where this guy who's talking now saw it. No. Yeah. Like, nice try, but no. So, now that you've seen that, the theories. One theory is that the Jersey Devil is a bird. The Sand Hill Crane is a likely culprit, which we saw once in the Mothman story. Which brings me to what's written on my hand. <laughs> what's it say? Crane? <laughs> I yes. saw one today. Oh, did yeah, you? Yeah, it flew over my house. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, we get those all the time. It was so They're cool. They're so pretty. Like, we see them every once in a while because there's this area where they like to go in. Um, that's... Water. A little bit further away. Um, yeah. And my mom's like, look up and I looked up and I was like I looked at it and I was like oh. and then it got out of the and I looked down and I went Mothman <laughs> <laughs> Mothman yep <clears throat> the crane is four feet high with a wingspan of 80 inches very tall which bird. is close to what they said because they said it was like three feet tall right yep it generally avoids humans, but if confronted, it will fight. The only difference that I would say, like, because the bottom half makes sense and the wings can uh-huh. look kind of similar if they're darker, but the uh-huh. head is the only difference. That is literally the only difference um, because it also screams. Yeah. 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 It also can screams, but the scream? head is the only difference. Yes. It can scream and it can be heard over like a super long, far distance. Oh, really? So yeah, this particular crane can scream. I don't remember. I I don't remember if I asked that during Mothman, 
I don't think I did. I think it was assumed because birds tend to make a sound. Yeah, I'm, maybe, but probably. The, the, the thing with Mothman was the um, the wingspan and the eyes. Right. Because with, with the reflected eyes, they glow red. Of course. Like, Jersey Devil Dang. has glowing red eyes. So, the second theory is that the creature is prehistoric in origin. Mm. Specifically, some researchers think that it might be a pterodactyl. Mm. It is believed that the creature survived in an underground cavern. However, there is no record of any creature living or extinct that resembles this creature. Right. So, that theory to me is now. Unless it's a very rare chimera. True. Very true. I think it's more likely that it's like a bird or a demon. A bird or two. <laughs> two very <Yeah>. likely choices. <laughs> two very likely, yes. Um, the, th- the third theory is that the creature really is just the deformed child of Mrs. Lee. And yet it, and and can, Mrs. it can fly. <laughs> I love that you know where I'm going with it. The, the child escaped out of the house in hunger is the theory. Okay. And raided local farms for food. Okay. But that would make this child currently 285 years right. old in 2020. Unless it can, unless. unless that child continued having children that continued. Valid. But then also, like you said, humans can't fly. Of course. We can't fly without having some sort of mechanics. Um, the fourth theory this could all obviously be a hoax. Right. But they say there are reputable sources such as policemen and women, government officials, postmasters, businessmen, and other people whose integrity is beyond question who are claiming to have seen the quite the, the creature. The creature. Well, that's a, the like creature. with the um the muddy monster. Yeah. Um how you had the cops. Yeah, how there were cops who were like, yeah. yeah, that shit happened. That shit's real. And the final theory, going along with your demon comment, it is the most controversial. Many people believe that the Jersey Devil is the very essence of evil embodied. It's said that the creature is an uncanny harbinger of war. And appears before any tremendous conflict. It was seen before the start of the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, World War One, and World War Two, and right before Pearl Harbor was bombed. Oh wow! Yeah, much like Mothman. 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 Jersey Devil. Buddies for life. Um. So there are many theories, and people are still seeing the Jersey Devil today. He's become very popular in mainstream pop culture. Mm-hmm. Thus, us pop culture. He has been featured on an episode specifically of X Files. Yay! In multiple video games, movies, TV shows, multiple podcasts mm-hmm. like us, a sports team, and even in multiple businesses in and around New Jersey. So, I like that. There's no definitive proof of him, but everybody. Loves and fears the Jersey Devil. Yeah. The end. I like that. 
like I said, I had I really enjoyed researching this one. It was a good one. Okay, if you enjoyed this week's episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Miss and Misfortunes mm-hmm. and Twitter at Miss Misfortune. I apologize for <laughs> questioning myself. Or you can search for us using our full name, Miss and Misfortunes. We do pop up. You can also send us an email to mythsandmisfortunes at gmail.com. Our music was composed by Mickey and Fulbright, and our art was created by Heather Marie Atkins. You can follow them in the links posted below. Yes. Oh, please. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. Yes, we would super appreciate it. And like we said, send us emails. Then we're going to come after you. We're not. We're not. I'm gonna stop. We literally cannot. We at this literally, point. we're we not allowed stuck. to leave. So we are not allowed to leave. We are at a stay-at-home sort of order. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.